whatever it is that you could sit down after a hard day at work and think I can still write this you know I'm still passionate I'm still enthused and yeah I'm a bit tired but you know I'll create something something good that's what you should write about this is three marketers walk into a podcast episode 35 you're listening to three marketers walk into a podcast brought to you by the fine folks at response suite that was very operatic. Well, I was just thinking it's, it's Christmas Eve and Merry Christmas to you, by the way, and to you listeners. Um, I was just, I've been listening to a lot of, a lot of Christmas music, all that lovely churchy music and Michael stuff. Michael Bublé. Michael Bubbles has been on. Wheeled him out. We've wheeled him out. We've put him on and, and switched him on the corner. He's been doing the thing he does. It's been lovely. And have we got a cracking episode for you today? We have. We're chatting to our friend Hannah McCreesh, who we met uh, earlier in the year. We did. We met a marketing event. We did. We met her there. She's lovely. And she, today she's here to speak to us about blogging because, I mean, blogging seems to be back Rob it does I think that blogging is this thing that came about like I don't know 10 or 15 years ago and I heard about it at the time didn't really understand it didn't really know what it was do you remember when I first heard about it so I said so is it like a website and people said no and I was really confused (laughs) it's a page on the internet All right, okay Yes, yeah, so I think if you try and define the difference between the blog posts that you have and then static pages, once you get your head around that bit, it all sort of makes sense. So I remember just as I started to get into it was when it kind of took a dip. And I think it was like the thing of like yesterday. They saw you coming. They were like, we don't want any of this nonsense. <laughs> but it really feels like there's a resurgence of it right now. Like more mm. people are doing it than ever before. Everyone's talking about it. There's books being released left, right and center about the sort of this new wave, this new generation of the blogger. And I think what's interesting is even though sort of new media has become easier for example creating great podcasts like this uh, is is easier than ever creating video content is easier than ever mm-hmm. the blog has diversified in order to follow that so now it's almost like the blog becomes this hub of content doesn't yeah. it i mean it becomes the one central place that people can find out about your instagram and you can sort of repurpose some of your instagram content and your and your uh, what's that one with the photos called for, for In- instagram uh, pic, no the pictory one flicker Fli- uh, no the one Tumblr. Where, t- pinterest that's, that's the, the one yes remember that? i was sorry I was stuck in the yeah, 80s. I was going to say the 80s called. Hello. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so it's like you can, put, you can pin your Pinterest stuff into a blog post. You can put your YouTube video into them. So it's, it's a really nice way of pulling everything together. And if you direct people over to, for me, a blog sits sort of at the middle of the mm. center, the core of your content strategy. Because like, like this podcast, for example, we upload the show notes. And of course, the entire recording is embedded using the, using the, the, the audio player right on our, on our blog. But the reason we do that is because while you're there, we know that some people will check out our Instagram. Some yeah. people will check out our Twitter and our Facebook and stuff. And it's a really good way of people finding out about each of your different channels and becoming sort of more engrossed in what you've got to share. I think if, you know, if you've got a, a webinar, for example, and you sell stuff on the webinar, if somebody said, oh, let's have a look at your website, you probably wouldn't send them over to your webinar thing because it just looks a bit, it's just, just one sales process. Yeah. But the website, quote unquote, that you send them to is going to be this blog. And like you, like you said, when you get there, it allows you to really like what I call recycle the traffic. So some people will find your blog and they can click through to your social medias and that kind of thing. Some people find your socials and they can get through to your blog and it all like loops around. And the other great thing about putting all of this stuff on your blog is it's so much more trackable than anything else. If you run any kind of podcast, for example, you'll know that one of the biggest challenges podcasters have is around getting that analytics data. That's a real big challenge. And if it's not one of your own platforms, getting true analytical data on any of that stuff from video from YouTube, they're very selective and they're getting better and better all the time, of course, at which data they actually give you. Mm. Whereas if it's on your blog and you can put which 
whatever analytics tool you want into the back end of your blog, whether you're using Google Analytics or you might be using something a little bit more high end or something like that, a bit more of a paid solution, at least you can track and trace all of where that traffic's going and how you're controlling it. Now, what a lot of people want Santa to leave in their stockings this Christmas is more clients. Wouldn't that be great if you could wake up on Christmas morning, unwrap a box, and there's a whole bunch of new clients for you? How can we give that to them? Well, first of all, I'm not sure how you realize I was wearing stockings underneath these jeans, but uh, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, but what you can do, if you uh, are a, any kind of coach or you have a high-ticket coaching program of some description, obviously one of the things, as Rob said, you will be wanting is to have a great 2019 with more coaching clients than ever. And so we've put together the perfect coaching application form. And you'll be able to find that over at perfectapplicationform.com where you'll be able to download our template and all the psychology that goes behind it completely free. There you go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Just unwrap that and Bob's your uncle. So without further ado, we would love to introduce you to our friend, Anna McCreech. Hello, Hannah. Welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, doing good. Good. I'm very very excited, excited to have you to here with here. us. <laughs> I feel kind of nervous. I feel like you're going to, I don't know, land something unexpected on me. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on the show, do you really? Exactly. <laughs> it's like a constant state of anxiety. <laughs> Excellent. That's what we like from all of our, <laughs> our friends and friends crime. So look, we know you as someone who's absolutely mad keen on blogging. And sometimes when I hear people talking about blogging, my eyes sort of roll and think, yeah, that's a thing from the sort of early 2000s. Have, it's been around for years. Have we missed the boat? Where does it fit in these days? I firmly believe that we have not missed the boat. I think blogging is never really going to go anywhere because people, as long as people want to read content, blogging's not going to go anywhere. Like if people decided, I don't want to read anymore, I'm just going to watch videos, then, you know, no news publication would exist. So I think it's really, really important. I think especially for businesses to have, it's one of the best ways that you can communicate with potential customers on your website. And a lot of companies just, I mean, when you're busy, you're never going to be like, I need to stop this important proposal to update my company blog. I've not done a blog post this week. It just, it just doesn't happen. Um, but it is really, really important. And that's why in a freelance capacity, I write a lot of business blogs on behalf of other companies because they just don't have time to do it themselves, but they see the value in it. And yes, yeah, so, so to answer your question, no. <laughs> no. Okay, cool. So where, does, where does it really fit in though? Like how do we sort I guess of... what's the value of it for a business? Yeah. I think the value in it is, it, it depends what type of business you are. I mean, it's not going to work for every business like having, you know, a Twitter account is not going to work for every business. But if you have... A, I remember at um, Marketed Live, Chris Ma was using the example of his, is it his wife, his girlfriend? I don't know. I don't know, his partner. Partner, I'll use the word partner. And how she's got this amazing blog for her business, which is selling, um, I don't know what the term for it is. It, um, you know, like caravans and um, motorhomes? Yeah, motorhomes. Yeah, that's, that's what I had in my mind. But I was like, is that right? And she has basically managed to make her website like a hub of information for people who are looking to buy a motorhome because that stuff yeah. just doesn't exist out there. And the organic traffic alone through content marketing has like increased their revenue a ridiculous amount. So I think that's one really good example of how using blogging can really, really help your business in that way. What would you say to somebody who says that, well, the space that I would blog in is already pretty much overcrowded. There's loads of people talking about this stuff. Would you say, well, okay, in that case, in this situation, don't do blogging, do something different. Or is there another way of thinking about it? 
No, absolutely. There's another way of thinking about it. I always think the best way to create new content that's exciting and that's new is to literally just go on the internet and do a Google search of, of the question that you're asking. So mm. um, I don't know, best motorhomes 2018. And you'll probably find a lot of boring articles that are like, these are the best motorhomes. But what you really want to find is something that's new, that's exciting, that does like a, a comparison versus or does something fun and something that's a bit different, even if it's... Um, so I'm working part-time with Content 10X by Amy Woods, who's amazing. And she um, she was saying recently on our call that she, um, I think she was a guest on a podcast. And basically she was talking about how if you write a blog that's ways not to do something rather than ways to do something, you will appeal to a whole different audience of people who already think they know how to do everything. But when you say how not to do something, they're like, oh my God, what if I'm doing that thing? And And just by doing that, you're already opening that up to a whole new audience who wouldn't necessarily have clicked on, you know, best ways to write an engaging blog post or something like Mic that. Mic drop situation just there. That's massive. That's a really good tip. <laughs> it's all about finding that different angle that allows you to present something from your style and your perspective. So hmm. if you've got a business and you're blogging, about, which presumably our listeners do, uh, and they're blogging for their business, what are the kind of um, KPIs that somebody should be measuring in order to understand or measure the success of their blog? What impact should it have? It's, it's an interesting one because it's very much dependent on the business. So I've worked in a number of different marketing and sort of PR roles um, during my career so far. And uh, it's interesting. I've gone from going working in charities and third sector organizations where there's not really much commercial focus for the blog to working for um, podcast websites. And that was, you know, very commercial focused. It was all about, you know, how are we going to capture data or make money from this ultimately? Um, even if it's not in a black and white sense of, oh, someone read this blog post and then signed up as a member, you know, they read this blog post and they signed up to our free academy or they signed up for a free ebook and we captured their data and could market to them that way. So you've got to think about what it is. Always think what you want to achieve with what you're writing. Like, don't just... On my personal bar, I can I can do this because, you know, it's it's done out of enjoyment. It's done because I want to do it in my spare time. So I don't always have to, I do a lot of opinion pieces and I don't have to sit down and think, you know, how am I going to catch people's data from this? Because it's not, you know, my blog has been a marketing tool in the sense of helping me do it clients and get employment, but not in the sense that I make money primarily through brand collaborations, which is kind of a different thing. But now that I'm freelance and I've got the time, I want to start a podcast and I want to start um, creating an ebook about how to monetize your blog and to kind of, do um training and consultation and stuff like that so <laughs> I've, I've gone delved into a lot of topics here and not perhaps answered the original question <laughs> but let's, let's take a look at those kpis so let's say we're a commercial business we're trying to sell something or other what are the kind of key metrics those kpis what what should we be taking a look at i think whether we're doing well or we're doing kind of badly and we change stuff up i think ultimately you need your website unique visitors to go up and that's how you know that you're creating good content that people are finding organically. They're finding it through search engines are finding it because you're answering the questions that they, they want the answers to. Um, so I think that's the primary one. And then through that, you need to have a very specific call to action in every post. So um, a good way, you know, say you have, you know, like podcast websites, we had the podcast success Academy, the free uh, skills based Academy. So a lot of the call to actions for that would be to get people to sign up to that. So if you put a blog post out on a Friday and then you get a massive influx of um, followers that you can track on, you know, a Saturday morning, then you, you know pretty much that it's from, you know, it's from that blog post. So yeah, website uniques and having a really specific clear call to action is really, really important. So you're going to create this great content. You're going to put it all together. It's got your call to actions in it. You're all ready to go. Now, how do we get visitors to it? How do you actually promote your blog posts to drive readership? 
So for me, the two ways that I get more readership on my blog is through promoting it on social media in a fun and engaging way and not, you know, just, just read our latest blog post, you know, something really boring. So it's by knowing your audience and knowing what platforms they're on and what, what works best for them. So I promote my blog primarily through Twitter and through Instagram. I don't have a Facebook presence. I tried it for a bit, got bored. I'm <laughs> like, no, you know, it just, it's just, it's not where, and actually, interestingly, in the lifestyle blogger niche, I would say probably 95% of lifestyle bloggers don't have a Facebook page because it's just not the right platform for us. Wow. Um, so if you, yeah, you need to know your audience, know where's best to promote it in that sense. And also um, you need to make sure that you get a good keyword for your blog and do the research around SEO and um, getting the yaust and the readability on green, which is like the bane of every content marketer's life. So yeah, doing both those things and yeah, making sure that the keywords are right so that you are actually going to rank for what you're, you know, what you're writing about. Those are the two ways that I think are probably the most important when it comes to actually promoting the content. Because a lot of people will write an amazing blog and then they'll publish it and then they just won't do anything or they'll put one tweet out or one Facebook thing and think that that's it. Um, but also again, bring it back to Amy and Content 10X, like we focus on uh, repurposing content. So you could do an amazing podcast and they could turn that into a YouTube video. They can turn that into a blog post and actually repurposing is such an amazing way for you to make the most of every piece of content that you have. Because if you're going to spend time writing something amazing or doing an amazing podcast, it only makes sense to be able to really make the most of that in, in all the different formats that work for your audience. When you talk about SEO then, obviously it always comes up whenever we talk about blogging. What, <laughs> do you have a favorite SEO tool that you particularly like? Um, I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm a bit terrible with it. I literally, I literally just, I, I always work on WordPress, um, on all my client sites and all my, um, you know, my actual blog. And I just use Yoast SEO, which is, you know, an add-on that's on every WordPress site. It's very, you know, I don't profess to be an expert in SEO. It's, it's, it was one of those things that I always felt was a bit too complicated and, and went a little bit over my head until about maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, it's like of all of that, you've done really well with your blog. So it shows that you don't have to be an absolute seo expert it doesn't have to be a lot of people sort of hold back on doing the blogging thing because they think the only way to make it work is through seo and you've done really well despite that thanks <laughs> i do try yeah i don't think it's it's i read a really good blog post on it and literally that blog post just debunked all of it for me it really simplified it and i was like I just need to do good keywords pretty much and, um, you know, make sure that I do a good meta description and all my alt tags are okay on all my images and stuff like that. And it's, it really helped. Um, so there's, there's a lot of really good resources out there on the internet. If you're feeling a bit like SEO, this is too technical for me. I'm a writing person. I'm not a technology person. <laughs> I think there's two really great takeaways from all of that, which is first of all, and it's something that's come up a couple of times so far in this episode, which is about being fun, engaging and using your own personality, which mm. is cool and super super important like i think that that says everything just learn to write in a style that's interesting but also the other nice thing to take away from that is that if somebody sat maybe using facebook and they've got a facebook page and it's not getting them the engagement and the shares and the stuff that they want maybe and they're sat sort of banging their head against a brick wall trying to make it work maybe the big step is okay great this isn't where my audience is let's look somewhere mm. else so just a nice thing there now hannah we're going to roll into the first game of the episode this is the true or, true or false <laughs> round so i'm going to give you well we're going to give you three statements and uh, your job is to guess whether or not they are true or false. Statement number one, Hannah, 53% of marketers say that blogging is their top content marketing priority. I'm going to say false. 
It's true. It's actually is true. Fifty-three percent of marketers do say that blogging is their top content pro- content marketing oh, priority. It's Next. one of those that I was hoping was going to be true, but thought it might not be. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You do. Uh, blog, blog articles with images get eighty percent. Sorry, eighty-two percent more views. Blog articles with images get eighty-two percent more views. True or false? true it's very close it's false because it's actually higher it's 94 ah, percent so that's crazy so sometimes you think oh this doesn't need any pictures turns out it really does final one for you hannah companies who blog receive 97 percent more links to their website i'm gonna say no because that seems very high it does seem high but it's true that really flies the flag for content marketing through blogs and obviously even more so if you combine those things together and actually use images in those blog posts uh you're gonna have a really great success rate so Hmm. let's ask you this here i am ready to start my blog i want to pick my blog back up because i've let i've let it go to it get let it basically become tumbleweed zone how (laughs) do you decide what to write about Okay, so the best piece of advice I can give for anyone who's thinking about starting a blog is picture, picture the situation. You've just done a full day at work. It's been super stressful. You're really tired and you come home and you sit down on the sofa and now you need to write your own blog or your blog for your business. And whatever it is that you could sit down after a hard day at work and think, I can still write this. You know, I'm still passionate. I'm still enthused. And yeah, I'm a bit tired, but you know, I'll create something, something good that's what you should write about because if you have to come home after work when you're tired and write about something that you're not that engaged with it will come across in the writing and it will be boring and bland and everyone will read this and think this person doesn't give a shit about content marketing i'm sorry i've just sworn (laughs) but um yeah they will think i you know why i don't care about this this is really dull boring content so you know, I've seen a lot of, as with, as with podcasting, as with anything in life, you know, they see the Johnny Dumas's and they don't see any of the hard work that got him from A to B. They just see the end result and they think, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast and interview business entrepreneurs too. And you know, it doesn't work like that. I get a lot of my friends who are like, Oh my God, you get so much free stuff. I want to become a blogger. And it's like, well, actually the notion of it being free is false anyway, because that implies that you get the stuff and you don't have to do anything because of it. And that's never, ever the case. And that's something that really annoys me about. There's a certain sort of generation of people who really, really hate anything to do with bloggers and especially the time that I don't really like influencers um you know it's always in the news that someone's kicked off about something and they're all like oh self-righteous brats never want to pay for anything and it's you know it's there is perhaps an element of that um with kids thinking I'm just going to start a YouTube channel and not you know get a proper job but you know it, it does require a lot of effort a lot of skill and um a lot of commitment you, you know before being freelance I I've always done my blog on the side. I also run a festival fashion business, which is completely different. And, you know, have a, had a full-time job. My last job was a head of content role. Um, so, you know, you've got to really be passionate about what you're writing about because it's always going to be difficult to maintain and, to, you know, to do it well. So once, once you've decided what you're going to write about, how many articles and of what sort of length should you be posting and how often, like, how do you set that content schedule? I think you need to go from what's convenient for you and what will fit into your own life without being lazy with it. So, you know, everyone could say, oh, I'm too busy. I can't write one blog post a week. But really, if you, you know, spent less time scrolling through Instagram or watching TV, you could easily do that. It just, you know, it just depends where your priorities are. So for me, you know, I blog infrequently, (laughs) which is about to become more frequently because I've just got, you know, more time. But that's because it's not been a priority for me because my business and growing my business has been. 
but now it's festival off season I've got a lot more time um, to focus on that so I'm going to be blogging probably about I would hope every two weeks um, and I've got a couple of blog posts in the mix already and I'm doing a lot more content around helping other bloggers because that's what will get me a lot of traffic to my website and also because it's a lifestyle blog things that people are searching for anyway like I wanted to do a piece on the best independent coffee shops in Sheffield because we've got tons and they're all amazing um, and whenever I go somewhere new that's what I always google because you know who wants to give money to Starbucks when you can give money to an independent so I think in terms of length you shouldn't ever do a blog post that's only less than 500 words because Google will just think that's just spam um but it depends on I mean mine I can I can probably write about six to seven hundred words on most topics without it ever without me having to be like oh god I've got to add to this if you're writing what's known as cornerstone content so the sort of primary thing that you want to be ranked for or you want your website to rank for that needs to be really long form and you need to within that you need every new blog post that you write you then need to link to your cornerstone content through that and that's um, one method in which you can try and rank for um, a certain keyword and make for your overall website, if that makes sense. I feel like I've explained that's that quite badly. Strategy. That's a fantastic strategy. And that, that idea of cornerstone content, that's basically the fundamental basics, the foundations that you want your business or the, the, the key messages and, and, and themes of, of what your business is about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's got to be um, more of like an informative article. It's not meant to be, um, you know, there to sell things to people or there to self-promote. It's very much sort of educational. And um, as I say, it's got to be long form. So, so we talked about in the back in that true or false round, we talked about how articles with images get 82 percent, uh, sorry, 94 percent more and more views and more engagement than those than those without. But how does other media actually fit into blogging? Are you a fan of text only or should you always include video? Do you think you should never include video? Where do you feel about that? Well, I think for one, you always need images like the best analogy I can use is when you're a kid who wants to read a book with no pictures in I mean mm. come on and we're all just essentially big kids I mean I'm, <laughs> I know I am masquerading as a 24 year old but anyway um you always need pictures because as much as I love writing and I also love reading I recognize that not everyone loves to read and especially with lifestyle blogs people follow you for the for the lovely imagery of you mm. know the places you travel and the clothes and the rest of it um so pictures are really really important I do really like video and um, my last role for every blog post we did, we used to do a video to go alongside it and to embed within the post just for the people who you need to appeal to people who don't you know, necessarily like reading. They might like watching or they might like listening. And that's why having different forms of content and again, repurposing content is really, really useful. Um, so in on my own blog, I don't do a great deal of video. I've done a couple of YouTube videos, um, which I really like doing when I go places. Um, so the last one I did was when I sold at my first festival for my business. Um, so I did, it, it was really nice the way we managed to put it together in the end where it really sort of told the journey of, uh, me in the flat before we went and then traveling down and then the festival itself and all the customers and it was just it was such a beautiful highlight of this year for me and to be able to have something there that's you know going to be forever eternalized on the internet was just was just brilliant and that's you know that's kind of embedded in my in my blog homepage as well um so I think yeah as long as you as long as you can appeal to different types of people who as I say don't necessarily like to read that's really important but I know for everyone it's it's kind of a case of time it's not always possible for everyone to um, do a video for every blog post and indeed a lot of people hate being on video so that's also a problem I know I was one of them at the start but I've desensitized myself to it over time. Do you allow guest posting on your blog and or, or on your client's blog or in previous rules and if you do what purpose does that serve you as a blog owner? 
Um, so I, I do in theory, but in practice, I have really high standards that I am hesitant to let other people kind of post on my blog, but I've actually posted on other people's blogs. So I had a friend who had a lifestyle and fitness blog and I wrote um, a fitness post for her. This was a number of years ago. Um, it's not done a great deal in lifestyle blogging. I was actually, it's weird. I was thinking about that earlier because it's a really good way to, um, you know, harness other people's audiences. So yeah, I, I don't do a great deal of it for my, my own blog, but um, in my last role, again, we did a fair bit of guest posting there and it's a really good way for you. Um, you know, if you're a service-based business, if there's other businesses that can complement the service that you give, to be able to guest post on their websites is just amazing because as I say, you're opening yourself up to a whole new audience of people that might not necessarily know you exist, but will see the direct link between what they both do and be like, oh, you know, this is amazing. This could really help me, you know, save time or, or uh, be more efficient in my everyday life. So now we're going to play another little game. And so this is the moment you've been waiting for, I know. Uh, and <laughs> what happens is my colleague Kennedy here, hello, that's him, he's going to sing a song and uh, he's going to sing it in the style of a traditional British club singer, which means that some of the words may be disguised. And your job, Hannah, and dear listener, is to try and guess what song Kennedy singer. So Kennedy, take it away. That is the best you've ever done. I think that was my best one, that yeah. I've been, best, I've been in training, especially for this best. special episode. That's the best. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> Put that in the if, you do, if you don't get it, I'm going to judge you forever. I mean, that was, that was like that because you could guess that. Absolutely. Anybody was it? Oh, I'll let, I'll let the office answer first. Colin knows what it is. He's nodding. Colin, Colin our developer, is nodding. Great. I think I might know what it is, actually. And I'm surprised because I've listened to your podcast many times. And each time I'm like, what on earth is that? What do you think it is? You might be the first one to get it. You might get a special prize. Was it Jingle Bells? <gasps> it was Jingle Bells! Yay! <laughs> jingle bells. Give that girl a ding, ding, ding! <laughs> do, I get, do I get a prize? We do. We don't know what it is because it's never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the most that ever happened. That was... Um, Angry, <laughs> angry. <laughs> it took a bit of time. I was like, what on earth are these noises? But eventually I was like, ah, it's when you got to the jingle bells and I was like, got it. <laughs> got it. I should have left that out and, and gone with it. just the verse. <laughs> there we go. There go. <laughs> I can go back to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's head straight into the quick fire round. Hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, a book that you recommend? Ooh, um, Girl Boss by, that's such a typical like 20-something lifestyle blogger book to pick. Girl Boss by um, Sophia Amoroso, who was the former CEO of Nasty Girl, which is like a huge um, online clothing company. It's a really, really good book. Um, wow, that sounds good. Worth checking out. What's one of your top success habits, something you do regularly? I switch my phone off when I'm working because otherwise there's just useless notifications trying to distract me all day. Is that why you never reply? Rude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you look up to? Don't say us. Um, I'm struggling oh not God. to say us. That's the problem. <laughs> um, 
it's really bad that I'm not immediately like this person. <laughs> um, I would say I look up to my boyfriend because he's got this ridiculous self-control and drive and determination to just be amazing at life. Okay, what are some of your favourite apps that you think are really cool and help you run your business or your life? Trello is my life on the internet. I do not know what I did before Trello. And I know Canva's not really an app, but I absolutely love Canva. Canva is amazing. They deserve every bit of money that they get because it's just fab. (laughs) Very cool. Uh, Big important question. Who do you like more, Rob or Kennedy? Uh, This isn't fair. This is like when you're like my sons and I'm not allowed to say which is my favourite child. That's how I feel right now. (laughs) (laughs) If we were to push you and urge you, what would you say? Uh, Kennedy. Yes! Just just for that singing. (laughs) First answer only. The singing is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, tell us, Hannah, where can people go to find out more about you? You can head to uh, www.hannahmccreesh.com which is good luck spelling McCreesh. If you attempt it and Google it, I'm sure you'll find me. <laughs> also, of course, link over to it in the show notes. So don't you worry about typing where you can just do a clickety, clickety, click, clickety, click. Exactly. He wants to type things. Ew. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I could not want her all day long. Isn't she lovely? Now, if you've missed anything in this episode or you want to get a recap, you can go and check out the show notes that our lovely Grace has put together. Just head over to blog.responsesuite.com forward slash 035 and you'll be able to see everything. And of course, if you are a coach, you're thinking about becoming a coach or a high-end consultant, then you can head over to perfectapplicationform.com to see the perfect application form, every question you should ask, the order you ask them in, and why you should ask them. That's it for this episode. We'll be back next Monday with a brand new guest. Have a lovely, jubbly Christmas. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.